Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name is Aaron. This week is The Monitors from 1969, <laughs> directed by Jack Shea, written by Myron J. Gold, based on the novel by Keith Laumer, starring Guy Stockwell, Susan Oliver, Larry Storch, Avery Schreiber, Sherry Jackson, and Shepard Strudwick, all stars in their day, and uh, Ed Bagley. Senior played the president. Oh, so this was picking picket a This is a, was a picket by the monitor. The monitors. The, mon- the monitors. Losing my mind. The monitors. The monitors have taken over my brain. <laughs> well, the monitors helped me out, so I think that they're great. Like, yeah. Do you guys? Do you guys have like a, a story about how the monitors helped? improve your life the monitors um told me to stop eating candy so now my teeth won't rot out of my head that's true oh that's good hey fun lovers almost made (laughs) almost made aaron spit out his monster energy drink (laughs) quoting the movie where a man and in testimonial looks right at the the tv screen camera and goes hey fun lovers the monitors are cool see they're radical and they're hip. Before they were around, people were doing stuff and that wasn't cool. I can't even remember what he was saying. I, I, I cannot recall exactly what he says other than I think it's fun seekers is what he says. Yeah, fun seekers. Hey fun seekers. <laughs> hey fun seekers. It, but it doesn't even really matter what he says, Joel. It's just how how it's delivered to you is is so ridiculous because look uh like the the narrative of this film uh starts off at a very interesting pace you get this weird uh you know psychedelic trip out robotic voice sesh to begin with about with a bunch of men in bowler hats oh, yeah. and trippy three you know uh tie-dye kind of effects going on all around them mm-hmm. um and then i think you just kind of start seeing cars drive around all right like you're kind of seeing some some cars and whatnot yeah and that's what leads into this guy just sitting in the shop talking about i think i think that that he talks something about um i think it's about sex actually yeah something like that yeah hey fun seekers you know you don't have to go out and have sex to have fun you know you should wait and get married and the monitors are great too the monitors taught me that <laughs> <laughs> you know i used to be ashamed that i couldn't get an erection but the monitors showed me you don't need an erection to have fun. Yeah, the, there were all these real-life testimonials that started happening. And it was not brainwashing at all. Mm-mm. 
you were supposed to just kind of relate to them, even though you were being forced to watch it all the time. <laughs> it, it's a, a dual-firing message movie of, of, you know, when the system has gone too far and it's 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 taken over individual will right. and the freedom of choice, but... The this mixed movie message movie at the very end is like oh but guess what the way it is otherwise is also absolutely terrible and you don't want to live in that world either so let's just be cool and chill out or something like that I guess I don't know you know the beginning of the movie started off real strong I thought yeah I mean we got the gist that it was a 60s movie and it was a kind of dystopian is that the right word? Am I using it wrong? Yeah, I mean it's kind of a dystopia because it seems like yeah. well, free will is is it's not, not allowed. There. They say yeah. that world war and the world had gotten into such a bad war that the monitors came from another planet and had to take over. Right. So um, people wouldn't be overruled by their feelings. The monitors kind of monitor their feelings and they keep things within a rational amount of reaction and that's okay in theory you know i feel like i am so happy with what the monitors have come and done to this planet <laughs> that i'm gonna wear a robe and a fake beard over my beard and just stand on the corner and shout about how much i love them the monitors don't want that you know what there's a monitor that was sent to pretend to do something like that just to see what would happen Oh. If uh, somebody was out in the street yelling, if other people would start to follow, or oh. I mean, sometimes love the monitors. You just gotta love them. They're everywhere. That's why they're called the monitors. Well, no, okay. So this this guy, this guy who's out in the street there, with, sure. with his obviously fake beard and his his monk robes on. The reason why he's preaching so hard about how great the monitors are and how we should love the monitors and worship, he's saying that like they are unto gods. That's right. Is because you can't suspect a man like that of being a, a, a revolutionary, right? He really loves the monitors. You can tell he's up there. That's right, Joel. There's no way that only, guy is super suspicious. Only I, uh, yeah, no, no one should believe that he would be an enemy to the monitors. Mm -hmm. Declaring his love for them. That's correct. Even though the monitors told him to stop. So wh what do the monitors look like, you may be asking yourself. Well, they look like you and I, but they dress snappier. Yeah, the only difference between <laughs> us and the aliens is that they dress better. <laughs> they have a signature bowler cap, too. At least... I mean, I think so, right? Yeah, I believe all the monitors wore bu bowler caps and, uh, you know, nice press suits. But in the headquarters, not everybody was wearing a hat. Well, specifically, the, the top dog there guy wasn't. You know, he, he looked like just some... That silver fox, Joel? Yeah, that guy. That... Because he didn't, you know, he was he was too busy running everything. He didn't have time to, to wear his bowler cap that would have kept his ideas in his head and they're supposed to be out there on the streets that's right i thought maybe he was trying to look a little less monetary because oh. he started to have some other interests <gasps> it's just one of the many things that didn't may have been part of the story but that's not 
not what happens. It's not actually a movie about uh, a science fiction type like taking over the city. It's a movie about like the Three Stooges trying to start an army. <laughs> yeah, it starts off strong, and then it's kind of like there's somebody who's there's a group of people who are rebelling. Yeah underground and that they're kind of trying to get away and is is one of them the original girl that works for the monitors right well she gets pulled into it because they try to recruit the number one top pilot with 14 confirmed kills in the last war but he doesn't yes he's also he's like working with her on some movie uh barbara cole who's a very famous actress that anybody would recognize and, and the world loves all around, but they don't know that she's secretly working with the monitors. <gasps> Joel! Yeah, um... What does this mean? He's a Nothing. lover, not a fighter at this point in his life, and... He's given up his war warlike ways. He doesn't want to fight anymore. Mm. Um, he just doesn't want somebody to tell him what to do. He's a real don't-tread-on-me type of guy. Oh... I guess I can understand that. Um, he's tired of paying taxes. What? <laughs> Are you saying he's libertarian? No, libertarian. I didn't say that. Okay. I, just... I don't know what they're saying in this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of different ideas yeah. going around. There's definitely definitely a lot of different ideologies going on here. But I mean, uh, mostly everyone's just really happy for the monitors. And some of them aren't. Yeah, there's about five people who aren't, like, in the, That's right. in the world. Well, I guess if you count the, the one lady, the uh, brunette-haired lady, as opposed to the blonde lady. And one of those people is the president of the United States of America. Shh. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> he's just towing the line. Oh. He's yeah. a paper shuffler now, huh? He knows eventually something's going to happen. Was that the guy who seemed like a televangelist? Uh, I don't know. There was somebody that was like on TV talking about how great the monitors were, and they sounded like they were like a religious person. No, like, no, talking about a religion. There was a no. There was some guy with glasses that they kept showing over yeah, and again. That was, was like talking about, about like in context of the Bible. Mm, the yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't the president. Now the president sat in a room full of spiders and webs right. in an oval office. Mm-hmm. Yes. So our pilot friend. He's kind of like Archie, huh, in this movie? Who, our pilot friend? Yeah. He's, he's got a, a, bl oh. a blonde and a brunette, right? Archie Bunker? I meant, like, from Riverdale. Oh, I see. So he, like, He's got that blonde brunette problem going on. He slept on. with Mrs. What's-her-name? Uh... Too many ladies. Confirmed, probably. Confirmed on all those kills and sleeping with... <laughs> Mrs. B's work, so whatever her name. Oh, the the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched her? Have you seen Riverdale? Riverdale? <laughs> all, 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 all I'm gonna say is, I wish I have been. I wish I could say I have been because I heard, just heard about the the D and D episodes that recently aired. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know crap. about those. The, Holy yeah. crap. Archie sleeps with his teacher on that show. Yeah, the first episode. His yeah. teacher's the old lady, but she's not an old lady. She's not an old lady in, in the Riverdale show, yeah, guys. exactly. Which no. is unfortunate. It would be a lot better if nobody's she was like a super weird old lady. Looking. Yeah, nobody's weird looking in Riverdale. You're right. They're all beautiful people hanging out 
Yeah, that freak Jughead Jughead. is supposed to be like the dreamboat Uh, (laughs) and Archie too. (laughs) To my eye, Jughead is a dreamboat. I don't know about you guys. He always has a way he's crossing those hamburgers. Wait a second. Wait a second. Have you seen these illustrations? Let me read you this story about a, a late night at Pops. Oh my god. Jughead stays a little after hours and Pops says, Hey, you want to see the new oven? I guess just going to oh. start greasing it up. This, this uh, sounds anyway, like something from, uh, from Tumblr. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The monitors just showed up and they oh. want us to stop doing that. I'm All sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Okay. So this guy, this pilot, whose uh, last name is Jordan, um, He's his character is he's a crotchety grouch who doesn't like to be told what to do, doesn't have any time for goofing around, Mm-mm. you know, no time for any women in their their things unless he unless that woman gives him a boner, then all of a sudden he's ready to give her mm. the time of the day. But that's yeah. priority, Joel. For the most part, yeah, he's. I mean, he's not even like a rebel or anything like that. But he gets a message from somebody, and him and his his brother, who look like, what, how would you describe that guy? The guy with the mustache? Oh, that's Jack Black. Jack Black with a mustache. I think so. That that's the nineteen sixties Jack Black right there, guys. He was like a sight gag. That guy. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, one of the Three Stooges. Yeah. Or, um, I don't know if you guys ever watch Spanish television. <laughs> <laughs> Tel- Telemundo? Yeah, there there were shows where there was like a clown that would show up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sometimes. He's like the bee guy. You're talking yeah. about uh, the one with the annoying Ch- voice. I don't remember which one that Champlé? guy was on. You're talking about a. Uh, what the hell is going on here? Te- Telemundo. Get out of here. Oh, the monitors don't want us talking about Telemundo. His brother is like. Jack Black and Captain Lou Albano had a baby. It's like, uh... I gotta say, I mean, he was pretty much playing one chord the whole time, the whole movie, as far as his humor was concerned. Some of it was actually kind of funny, though. Some of it didn't didn't land very well for me. He was the only one who was slightly amusing in yeah. the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And at that, once we get to the part where he and the blonde lady end up Oh. At the the revolutionary like army place where they're trying to train people, the rest of those guys get just, just get off the screen. Yeah. I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear you. You're not funny. Talking about Three Stooges, you're right. Like, oh, you can tell my disguise. He put on an eye patch. Isn't that silly that he thought he was disguised? Yeah, I feel like the story got totally derailed at that point. I mean, even when he sleeps with the first lady. Um, oh. That he runs into. The brunette. Wait, doesn't he sleep with the blonde lady? No, he doesn't. He doesn't sleep with her until... That's the only one he does sleep with, and that's yeah. not until the middle of the movie. When we first see them together, they're doing that, like, old-style airplane scene where oh, she, like, right. ships she the up. plane yeah. on purpose. And he gets fired because of it. Yeah. Losing his job. That seemed dangerous. Mm-mm. I didn't think a lover of the monitors would do something like that. She likes to have a little fun. You know? Well, she was really trying to recruit him. Yep, I mean, she was trying right. to convert him into being a follower of the monitors. Yep. And um, she didn't tell him that she was working with the monitors until after they hooked up. And then he was like, whoa. 
Whoa. I'm not like that. I don't want to listen to the man. I, I gotta be free. <laughs> That's right. Off the grid. And they played some really romantic music at that part, too. <laughs> and he's like, gee whiz, I don't want to do that. Well, he gets, you know, he gets in the car with the revolutionary idiot, him and his brother. Revolutionary and the movie star. <laughs> yep, that's what they, I mean, that's what they are. <laughs> stupid general. Well, I, I gotta just say that he does have a pretty awesome car. Most of the cars in this movie are pretty awesome, but I do kind of like the armor plating uh, little window thing going on. Speaking of cars, there's like five different scenes where it's like three minutes of people driving on the floor. Oh, yeah. There's lots of driving in this yeah, movie. this is like a car lover it's it, like we need to fill out that we we got to get this movie up to an hour and a half. Come uh, on, you know, it kind of reminded me of the opening of the prisoner. A lot of like, it was making me think of the prisoner. Like every episode oh. of the prisoner always begins with him, you know, driving driving oh, home, right. right? Yeah, that's true. It reminded me of that a little bit. Was sorry, was that a British show? It was. I actually just recently adapted it, adapted that into a comic book too. Cool. I only like the Jim Caviezel version. Oh, is it like the eighties one? It was on AMC. Oh, the two thousand. Oh, the two thousand. I haven't seen that one. I'm just kidding. I've never seen it before. I only like the um, prisoner again. Yeah, oh, I like Alfonso Caron's Coronas. So yeah. Well, anyways, we're in this car, but they get caught immediately, and the monitors are chasing them down with helicopters and other cars. And Pull over your vehicle. You're in violation of something. Something. And, you know, crazy, stupid, idiot, revolutionary driver is running people off the road and he's got, like, shields on. You know, he's trying to do that. And I guess this is to show that our main character is just not, like, a cartoon cutout because they, like, run one of the monitor cars off the road and he's like, I'm getting out right now. I want to get so make sure those people are okay. So he jumps out of the car and uh, goes down and helps monitors, which gets him caught. But it's... That's kind of when the the real split of the movie happens because he gets taken back to the headquarters, and that that was a really cool thing when they were doing that like like uh, I don't know was it like a um, a driveway up into a, a very tall building that like did a a, a half circle or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. that was cool. It's cool looking, and you know he gets taken to the building and onto um, whatever CBS set they were filming on. Into the room with a, a big eyeball monitor thing. Yeah. And there he meets the leader, and the leader's like, Holy. It's, it's so hard to read. Like, there was a little bit of a Wizard of Oz thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Wizard of Oz behind the curtain type thing. He's just a regular guy, you know? <laughs> but the head monitor guy kind of makes it seem like. He might be interested in the blonde lady. Oh, I, he, I guess I hadn't hadn't picked up on that. <clears throat> he even asks her what it is that she finds attractive about the men that she's attracted to. Oh, that's I remember that question though. Yeah, I think that maybe they're implying that the monitors aren't infallible, and oh. that. Like, even somebody abiding by this, like, strict code or whatever is still capable of being corrupt under the right circumstances or changing their tune or whatever. And, and well, maybe him being the head monitor allowed him 
to have these sort of uh, uh, abstract to to his strict code, you know, thoughts. Yeah, absolute that's power true. corrupts. Absolute. A, a little more free will in the recipe. Yeah, just for him specifically. That's what the, that's kind of what I'm picking up. Right. Uh, as Sarah mentioned, you know, he didn't have a bowler cap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had different suit. He wasn't wearing the suit either. He looked a little oh, more space yeah. age, a little more shiny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our pilot friend, he's not going to. He thinks these guys are, are messed up making people do things. So we're not going to kill them. Don't worry. They don't kill people. There's no execution. That's one of the things. Like, no war, no fighting, or anything like that. There's no one is being killed in the name of the, the monitor's will. But he yes. is sent to the re education camp. Re-education center. That's what they do to cure you and to help you. And I'm guessing that's where a lot of the people went that uh, do the testimonials now. Yeah, probably. I was a go-go dancer until the monitors found me. <laughs> else, yeah. I used to. I used to dance. Uh, you know, only in go-go boots. Oh but they, yeah, but, I but, forgot. But about- thanks to the monitors. <laughs> I went back to school. <laughs> I put my clothes back on. I put my clothes back on. <laughs> I know Joel's impressed. They're real cool dudes. I was impressed with that testimonial. And the guy, the guy who English was not his first language reading off the card. Oh, yeah. yeah cool. That's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad they actually kind of included some of that just to kind of give you a little bit of flavor of what the uh, what the monitors were actually up to. Yeah, that's that's one of the interesting parts, like seeing their clips of TV and media and stuff like yeah. that. And you keep hearing their jingle over and over again. That's like the, the monitors are your friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like it just kind of goes goofy. Oh yeah. Well, it, it's the problem is is that our our revolutionary, you know, as as Joel mentioned, yeah, they're three stooges. There there's there's no dimension to them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It, it's like they literally just. Like, their one purpose is just to be whack, whack, wackadoodle. Right. That kind of sucks. A little bit. The only people that were left that were willing to fight were the idiots, you know? They yeah. got rid of all the smart people, we can only assume. Like, there, there's so many, like, ways it could have been taken to the devious, but uh, the way this movie ends is, like, no, the monitors were actually okay, and, and it doesn't fit with what we saw in the beginning. Yeah. We'll get to that part. So at this re-education center, at least you get lots of exercise. I remember he was trying to; <laughs> everyone was doing a bunch of exercises. Oh and, yeah, and uh, Jordan was trying to trying to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. But, um, he has his own single room. Everything's nice, kind of kind of futuristic looking, except you can't turn off the damn radio. It turns out it was really easy because in comes a, a lovely young woman. He's going to bring him a tray of tea. Oh, man, I forgot about that. This guy, Jordan, has these, like, flashes of, like, things that are happening. Like, when he was in the air oh, with, yeah. with the actress, he was, like, seeing the war. His war flashbacks. Like that. Yeah. And when this, this brunette walks into his room, he starts having... He has a couple of war flashbacks, but he also has these flashes of naked women. Yeah. Like, okay, I guess he's that in... <laughs> Part of the remix in his brain. <laughs> <laughs> the man's in the boner zone, and this is his representation, I guess. 
Like I also thought that was interesting because no, it's not like anyone points it out. It just yeah, it's just kind of your these visuals are thrown at you, and, it's, and you, 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 the viewer, deciding what. what? Yeah, you're trying <laughs> yeah. to figure it out. Definitely not spoon fed to you there. No. And they don't end up sleeping together, so it's not like a precog, like premonition of something. It's just like what's kicking around in his brain. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way it works for men. Like, you know, we, we see an attractive woman and all of a sudden we go through every attractive thing we've ever seen in our lives in a split second. Uh, it's, Joel? Very, it's very perplexing. <laughs> I gotta say, I haven't done that. That's why sometimes I just stare at Aaron for about five <laughs> seconds. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm blushing. <laughs> oh, my. Well, yeah, so, so this girl shows up in the room, and I think that basically they escape that, like, the second thing, because he's like, do you know a way out of here? And she's like, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> so they, they spend, they spend like 10 minutes. Yeah. Going through tunnels and, and un- underneath the building and a bunch of, you know, heating pipes and, and there's oh, this man. terrible music playing. Very, very bad 1960s, uh, folkish, whatever. Yeah. You know, some of it I like, Joel. Some of it, and, and it's so funny because like one moment I'd be like, oh man. I was like, the music's pretty good here. Yeah, I like the score. And then, and then another moment, I'd be like, no, I, I, I want to take back that statement. <laughs> as soon as somebody started singing, it's like, come on, please. <laughs> like, you had some sort of, like, weird, like, you know, thing in the soundtrack. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting sound. And it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Please don't. I thought that, and now I'm wondering if I'm confusing it with that other movie that we tried to watch um, about the hippie, the bad movie. Oh, oh. American Hippie in, is- in uh, Israel. I, right. saw the tra- I saw the trailer to that one. That was kind of hard to get through. <laughs> um, but I remember there was some folk music in that, too. Ladies singing folk music. Was there a lady singing folk music? Oh, in- yeah. In the, in the monitors? Yeah. Too? Yeah, I yeah. thought so. I think one of them reminded me of, um, reminded me a little bit of like a Joan Baez song. Yeah, we're going back to, what's that, what's that space movie that Spencer had us watch? Silent Running. Silent Running, yeah. We get some... Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. I mean, it felt like it. Like, some of that stuff felt like it. Everything, Except for what was going on in the stupid military compound thing. Like, it, it felt like they had filmed most of a, a good sci-fi movie, or not even, maybe not even good, maybe just, like, average, but yeah. interesting concept. And then, like, somebody was like, you know what this movie needs? Some fart jokes. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was literally a fart. It wasn't literally a fart joke, but there was literally a pie thrown in somebody's face. Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 I totally understand where you're coming from, Joel. It definitely felt like, uh, uh, as you just mentioned, that there was the very compelling concept of of this film, but just just getting getting to that concept, they decided just to go lowbrow. Is it on possible it. that this was satire? It's supposed to be. The whole thing is satire. I think so. Are they making fun of both sides? Like, because it almost, I'm almost wondering that now. Probably. Like, if there was maybe more of a, more of a thought behind this than I thought there was. I mean, 
I saw them obviously like being politically satirical about having too many rules, but it almost seems like maybe they were making fun of the revolutionaries too. And that they were saying everybody is bad in the yeah. end. That, that was kind of like the 10th victim. But the 10th victim yeah. was way better, I think. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Thank you, Spencer, for the 10th victim yeah. as well. We loved that movie. Um, satirical yeah. science fiction film, according to Wikipedia. So is it satirical in the same sense that uh, The Room is a dark comedy? I no. think it might be a rare. <laughs> like, I think that... I mean, but it's weird that they've got your hero kind of acting like a normal person, and then he's with these stooges, like you were saying, and these girls that are kind of like airheads that don't really know which way they're going. Right. He seems like a normal person in the middle of all of this, like idiocracy or something. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Boom. Right there, Sarah. Yeah. Boom. Just like idiocracy. common sense in the room yeah and guess what the idiots win in the end so i guess that's yeah i guess my life's over now i mean uh that yeah the movie's over no joel there's there's more movies oh okay there's more movies joel harry jordan gets out from the re-education center okay even though we see that the monitors are completely aware that he's escaping uh, I mean, I guess that's supposed to make it look like, oh, he's going to lead us right to the compound or that the revolutionaries are at, but they could have done that anyways. Uh, seeing as they're like semi-omnipotent, you know? Yeah. I don't. Omnip- yeah, they see everything. Omnipresence. Uh, nipple, nipple print. <laughs> nipple print. <laughs> yeah. The uh, anti-establishment uh, group is Scrag, by the way. Oh, that's right. Scrag. Secret counter- retaliatory group that's an important acronym yes because it's but it's funny aren't you aren't you laughing uh yes good it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I there was a lot of eye rolling for sure but you know i i applaud it for its uh, for some of its experimental stuff yeah uh but definitely it it, it took a few notches down when most of the dialogue was just kind of uh <laughs> exactly yep 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 that's it's just no getting away from that hey, wise guy i mean that's where we are at this point basically because when they when the are the pilot and his new friend break out of the education center they go straight you know to scrag which has uh his brother crawling through the mud and and you know, wearing heavy guns and they're, stuff like they're that. They're taking that comedian, they're turning him into a military man. Yep, they are. And, that uh, was a little bit like Hogan's Heroes or something for me. What's that? With the goofball in the mud trying to be a military person. Oh. I don't know what Hogan's Heroes is. It was a TV show. Oh. About goofy military people? I think it was supposed to be about Nazis and it was a comedy. I'm laughing. You might want to take this out later, because I don't know if I'm actually saying the right information right now, but yeah, it's ridiculous like this is. But I think that TV show was made later, I'm not positive. Hmm. That's back before they had taste. Was, um, uh, yeah, you might want to delete this, but 
Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a guess. Okay. Hogan's Heroes was supposed to be like a bunch of allied heroes in a concentration camp. POW camp. P- POW camp? Is that what it was? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I believe that's it. I could be wrong though. But it was like cartoonish, right? Oh yeah. It was yeah. very it was very cartoonish. Like this movie. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. I see. Okay. Now I'm getting it. Now I'm getting a clear picture. So okay, so at this point of the plot. Uh, our pilot friend is there okay. at Scrag, which is what they wanted, because the general there wants him to take a, a special kind of bomb, an implosion bomb. That's right. And deliver it, fly a plane, and drop it on the monitor's headquarters. And he thinks that's going to wipe out everybody. Solving the monitor issue. That's right, yeah. I forgot. There's another thing about this movie. There's a whole bunch of helicopter shots and, and oh, yeah? scenes. I, it's another a lot of travel going on. Yeah, it's a road movie. If you want to get somewhere, it's true. You got to travel. What? Since when? It's before the internet. Definitely before teleporters. Yeah, I haven't got one of those yet. <sighs> I mean, that's the next step, right? 3D printers. I'll oh, just 3D print myself somewhere else. Exactly. Oh, yeah. it transfer my consciousness. Takes like. A week, but eventually you're teleported where you want to be. Facsimile yourself somewhere. <laughs> Suddenly you're Cisco somewhere else. I'm not setting up another fax machine. I don't care if it sends people. <laughs> no more. I'm done with it. Okay. Yeah, I'm like having a hard time holding on to what's going on with this because it's not. Well, like, it's, I, I feel like we left a bunch of things out, but like details that were interesting at well, the time, but. The things that I found interesting were, were definitely when they went and visited the president, who was just, you know, paper shuffling at the time. But it was just so ludicrous, because, like, he wasn't, like, taking care of the Oval Office, so there's just, like, cobwebs everywhere. Obviously, it was supposed to, you know, symbolize that, you know, there was no need for the government anymore, because the monitors were taking care of everything. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the visual of that was pretty fun, just seeing the cobwebs all over the Oval Office. Yeah, um, I agree. I can't even remember when that happened like did it happen after he escaped i think so the re-education center yeah like first he went to the president yeah and the president was well, like was i'm mil- not doing anything he was a military man so he probably wanted to go see the president first oh yes military well, men they love were, the president that's right they were under the impression that the president was still doing his job until yeah. they got there and then the president was like actually the monitors do everything and i'm just sitting in here with cobwebs <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. kind of like a dream or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a there was a bunch of things like yeah. The whole lovemaking scene was like <laughs> dream, stupidly dreamlike. Because yeah. uh, guess what? Our pilot does eventually sleep with uh, a lady, and it's not the lady he was he was uh, all eyes for. It's actually the actress that he was hanging out with in the beginning. Oh, the blonde yeah. who uh, you know when he walks in the room, he's like. I, I can't even remember what he says, but she's like, I can't remember what she says. <laughs> all I remember. She just drops her robe. That's all I know. He says, you're wearing my robe. Oh, okay. And then she wasn't, Joel. That's right. And that's when our music comes in. That's when, the that's most when ridiculous a, music an you've opera ever singer heard. Gets, gets cut directly into the show so that you guys can hear it. And uh, while that's going on, we, we just have a close-up on their, their two faces, uh, you know, smooch, smooching away and, you know, kind of like a his torso on top of her torso type oh thing. Oh, my. It goes for a 
it's much, a while. Much too long. It's a while. Yeah. Like we we get the picture. It's a travel movie, Joel. And it's not like <laughs> it's going places. Like, I feel like that's a kind of the kind of scene where it's like they're making love because they're in love with each other, but that's not the case. <laughs> See, maybe they're making fun of that, too. I don't know. Well, Joel, uh, the monitors didn't allow them to enjoy such pleasures, all right? That's true. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's basically the end of it, too, because I think that was right before the the lead monitor was like, why are you attracted to certain types of men and not me with my chest hair? No, he doesn't have chest hair. I don't know. You think he's baby smooth under that thing? Hmm. He's an alien. Uh... I think that they're just people. I think they're just people like us. I see. Maybe they were programmed people. Programmed to have chest hair. Sure. Why not? I don't know. People like us. I was just thinking about the Talking Heads song. The monitors are just like us. That's right. They're people just like us. Let's see. Sorry, are you okay? Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to... Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I have to say about it, but if you want to go through more of the plot points... I mean, we're almost done with the plot. Yeah. What What else do you want to talk about? Oh, I just I just wanted to say... I, I, I do have a question for both of you What when, when appropriate. Like... Oh, okay, like right now. Okay, on just our look de- at me. On our deathbeds? No, 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 for... <laughs> No, in regards to this movie... Did you have a good life? Yeah. <laughs> How was your life, Joel? Uh, I don't know where that came from, but that was great. Mm-hmm. No, uh, my question is, in relation to this movie, though, mm-hmm. if this movie had been remade today, mm-hmm. who would be our three le- our, 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 uh, leads in this? Uh, who, who, which act, modern-day actors would be our leads in this? Well, Mark Wahlberg would obviously be the pilot. Okay. Because um, we need somebody who... Has no charisma <laughs> and no sense of humor. Okay, but that ladies might sleep with. I mean, do ladies want to sleep with Mark Wahlberg still? I mean, I would guess that yeah, that there are some women that are into Mark Wahlberg. Women write in today. <laughs> women, women you can't speak on behalf of everyone. Please don't podcast at Gmail. Sarah, please speak on behalf of all women. <laughs> Okay. Aaron, Aaron, if you were a woman, would you want to sleep with Let Mark Wahlberg? Let me access their, all of their brains right now. <laughs> Xavier, <laughs> somebody is thinking about Mark Wahlberg. Put that cerebro on real quick, Sarah. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sensing it. They're, they're thinking about how they want to have Mark Wahlberg right now. No, 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 I'm sorry. They want to have a Wahlburger right now. A delicious Wahlburger. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so Mar- Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg, sure, as the lead. Yeah. So, uh, what about um, what about our uh, our, our comedic? Uh, I mean, Jack Black. Come on. Uh, yeah, I figured as much. You're right. He probably has too much talent, but yeah. I feel like you could do, like James Franco, as oh, the pilot. Yeah. That's a good call. Oh, yeah. I like that. And you could do like um, Will Ferrell as the comedian. Oh, that's good too. And he's not fat enough. This guy's, he's gotta be fat. That's part of his whole shtick. I mean. But he's like, look at that fat ridiculous, guy. being ridiculous, but, um. What is, um. Mike, John C. Riley. Okay. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, um. 
who does Franco hang out with? Um, Seth Rogen? Yeah, Rogen. Seth Rogen. There we go. Yeah. Seth Rogen could be the comedian. Be his brother. Yep. Um, actually, that, that would actually make a lot more sense, yeah. And the girl may be like, I mean, I feel like they're putting what's-her-face in everything now. Um, mm. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. As the actress or as the, the brunette lady? I feel like she could be either, but I feel like she'd be more likely to be cast as the brunette lady. Okay. 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 Um, and as the actress, we need somebody who can easily be ni- manipulated. So, uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> somebody who's played that before. Could be like um, Margot Robbie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was in everything for a bit. And she's well, been filming uh, DC sequels for the last... <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Joel. I think I think the leads that you've just chosen made this movie much more interesting for me. So. Mm. Yeah, that would be cool to see them all just, like, do this movie without any changes. Oh, man, who would be our lead mo- <laughs> modern monitor, though? That's, that's lead cool. monitor? Yeah. Ben Mendelsohn? Stanley Tucci? That's not a bad option either. Yeah. You know who Ben Mendelsohn is? He was the, the main bad guy in Rogue One. Oh, oh, okay. Nailed it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Tushi's not bad either, though. No, I kind of like Tushi. Put a wig on him. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why the not? Hunger Games type of thing. Yeah. Sounds good. So this stupid movie... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it had a good idea. It wasn't a good movie, though. It was yeah. like in the end, it's it's very unsatisfying. It gets tedious towards the end of it. I'd, I'd say the first thirty minutes were something good, and then it just like lost, like it, it lost ambition. It lost what it was going for. Yeah, like it, if it was going for a satire, it failed miserably. But a- anyway, so um, our pilot decides he's going to take the bomb and uh, after he talks to the president and uh, get rid of the monitors because he just he he doesn't want either side to win but he definitely thinks he's been being told the monitors are bad we right have to take it the president basically spelled it out that way too okay okay so he takes the uh implosion bomb and with uh he's going with the actress and they go back to the the monitor headquarters Mm-hmm. And it's a, like somebody had already turned it on, so it was like going to go off anyway. Yeah, it was like ticking, and I remember it was real heavy, and they had and he was carrying it really awkwardly too. Like. That's dreamlike too. That whole thing <laughs> of like the bomb that was already going and it was going to go off no matter what you did. Yep, and, like yeah. a nightmare or something. Yeah, and he figures if he takes it to the monitor building and shows it to the guys. That they'll just leave before it blows up. Like, yeah. hey, you don't want to get blown up. This thing's going to go off and there's no way to stop it. Let's just, you know. Yeah, let's we'll call just, this quits just here. leave right there. And the monitors are like, no, we're not We're not going anywhere. Like, we're never going to leave by force, in space right. specifically. Like, okay. Well, we're all going to die here. It's like, well, just defuse the bomb. He's like, I can't defuse the bomb. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're all going to die here. So the bomb counts down, and it's a dud. Does not explode. Nothing like that. And the monitors are like, okay, we're going to leave now. (laughs) 
He's like, wait, what? You're going to leave after all that? He's like, yeah, actually, right before you came in, they called, they recalled us and mm. we were about to leave. But we're, like we said, we're never, we were not allowed to leave because of somebody trying to force us out. So as soon as you brought in that threat, we had to stay until it was over. Which is just freaking weird and arbitrary. Right. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be like, wow, those monitors are really noble, you know? Like, they wouldn't be forced out of their position. Like, they were willing to die for what they believed in. And it's like, you know, they say, like, we only wanted to bring peace to the world. We only wanted to right. make it comfortable for everyone. And you, your species is not ready. So we're leaving now. You know, all I wanted to do was cook, to cook for man. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think that they're kind of, they could kind of be saying that the monitors were just as, just as, uh, complacent and listening to orders as the people were kind of being forced to be on Earth. Yeah. And I feel like they were kind of like, what's the word? Sorry, I, I, it was occurring to me when you were talking about the bomb being a dud and oh. the monitors being like, well, we couldn't leave until you guys, until the bomb went off because we couldn't leave if you were forcing us to. Yeah. Hmm. There was something else that occurred to me. Anyway, I'll tell you if I remember it. But. Yeah. Yeah. So the monitors leave. And next thing we see is we're back at the White House. All the cobwebs have been cleaned out. The president's shaking hands with all these other generals, and they're all they're taking photos with him and like, oh, you know, smiling. Yeah. Every time he signs a thing, he hands off the pen to somebody. Like, thank you, sir. You know, take a picture. Thank you, sir. Take a picture. For you, Mr. Jordan, we're going to present you. You know, we want to give you the the Medal of Honor. And the Russians want to give you the blah, blah, blah. And the French want to give you, like, names off all these medals. And the pilot's just like, I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this either. Because yeah, they, they were getting ready to start another war. Like, hey, we need to do another war right away. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> Aren't you, did you feel the irony? I did. <laughs> as soon as the monitors left, war became... A thing. Our yes. top priority again. My mm -hmm. god. It I, was right there the whole time. Yeah, I think they're saying nobody has all the answers. And that I think that even though the monitors said they were trying to bring peace, in a way they were bringing their own destruction because people weren't allowed to have free will anymore. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have more to say about it than I thought I did now that we're talking about it, <laughs> because I kind of was left with this blank feeling at the end of the movie, like, well, what would I ever have to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking, too, by the end of the movie, Sarah, that I was just like, I don't know. Oh, boy. Yeah. This episode going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. But in analyzing it, I feel like I've maybe thought of some more things that it could be. Yeah, yeah. it just gives you a lot. You know, that's what's so good about this movie. It gives you so much to chew on about what the hell they were even talking about. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think that there's way... There's, uh, there's so much smarter satire out there. Uh, like, especially from science fiction-type properties that this one just doesn't have a place. 
Yeah. Like the the open the like I said before, the most interesting part is like the first twenty minutes, thirty minutes, or whatever. oh yeah, and then it's like you could just turn it off. I think even just watching, uh, if you go on YouTube, there's like a five minute clip of just the beginning of the movie. That's pretty fun. Yeah, that sets you. That sets a standard that it just yeah. doesn't keep up. I, I highly recommend just watching that. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Also, what? also the whole movie is on YouTube though. In its entirety. Forgot about that. I mean, it almost feels like somebody was making the movie with one intention. And that 20 minutes into it, they were like, this movie isn't very good, guys. Maybe (laughs) you should just say it's a farce and that, like, or that it's satire and it's making fun of everybody or something. Like, it honestly felt like it was taking itself too seriously in the beginning to actually be making fun, you know? Yeah. Well, it... And to me, it felt like the the silliness level of like Logan's Run, which has some very silly scenes in it, but oh, it's yeah. also like a commentary and stuff like that. Like the the sixties uh, sh- uh, chic like goofiness of the whole situation, like yeah. the, the ridiculousness of their society, right. and it was doing that, you know, with the the testimonials and the people being able to do certain things and not other things, and and like. It just, it, I, I feel like there was a guy who watched them do all the serious stuff and was like, when are we getting to the jokes? I have so many jokes to tell. I agree with what you. What if I threw vegetables at that guy? <laughs> Remember the vegetables? I forgot the vegetables, Joel. Can you, can you relay the, relay the vegetable scene well, to me? When they decide, oh, the watermelon! They decide that they're going to escape from the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the monitors. The scrag right? or whatever. Oh, oh, oh they, scrag, yeah. And they, like, raid the kitchen. Okay. And the, the brother's, like, eating, like, a, he breaks the sausage in half and he's just, like, eating it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But one of the grocery bags get torn and there's just vegetables and, yeah, the watermelon. The watermelon! Yeah. I, how could I forget the about pie. a guy? Uh, the, oh, the pie. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how could I forget about a man with his head falling into a watermelon? And then when he stands back up, there's a perfectly head-sized shape cut in it <laughs> for him to have his head. <laughs> You're making wearing, me laugh. It wearing. wasn't funny in the movie. I forgot about that, too. I, I laughed, Joel, because oh. because you could so plainly see the cut in it. And, like him oh. Just wearing it. oh, yeah. It was like a perfect circle cut into a watermelon. Yeah. Bang. And somebody <laughs> setting then a rim shot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <sighs> and here I am laughing at probably the dumbest joke in the whole movie. <laughs> it was a surprise, at least. Yeah. And some of the other stuff seemed kind of predictable. Oh, fair enough. Like a naked gun joke. Yeah. I think that's it. So I feel like that's like the first stinker we really got from the the randomizer in a long time. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm I, I gotta say I'm kind of glad we did see it though, because man, what a trip! Yeah, this movie was a trip. That's true. I'm always glad we watch it. You know, I'm I'm always glad to watch something I'd never heard of, or you know, watching something for the first time. Exactly. But I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend it. I'd recommend it to somebody who hadn't seen it that's really into just watching any science fiction movie. So our audience. Like my mom. If my mom hadn't seen this movie before, I'll I'll tell her about it and she yeah, might yeah. want to see it. Your mom has particular taste about science fiction. There's things that she'd think aren't science fiction. 
She probably knows this movie. It's possible. I think my parents would get a kick out of this one. Did you ask them about it? <laughs> no, I haven't, but they I get, will. They're going to be like, oh yeah, the monitors. Yeah, we saw that in the drive-in. Pretty much. Shut up, mom. No, they probably will. They probably will. Every time, every time I, I ask them, uh, I ever text my dad about one of the, I forget which movie we watched, and my dad was just like, I could have told you about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it seems to always be his reaction. <laughs> hey, yeah, I remember seeing that. What the, what? Ah. Yeah, sometimes I've, I've said things like that to my parents, like, why didn't you tell me about this? And it's like, they don't remember what they have and haven't told me about exactly. anymore. And I'm like, you didn't tell me anything about this thing. You got 40, 40 plus years of media consumption, even more than that. You know, why you, you got to cut them some slack. They exactly. told you about the Beatles, didn't they? Told you about Star Trek. Told you about the man on the hill. Star Trek's got opera singing in it, too. <laughs> so does Space Ghost. So does please, please don't send me to outer space. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, it does now. Thanks, Joel. You said the guy on the hill. A fool yeah. on the hill. And I was thinking about um, William Shatner <laughs> falling off. <laughs> William Shatner fell off a hill? I don't know what you're talking about. What? Star Trek. Star Trek, he, he fell, fell off, off a hill. hill. Oh, in Generations? <laughs> R.I.P., yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, that's what ended him. I was thinking of what's his <laughs> yeah. face on the hill. Um, Malcolm McDowell. Oh, Malcolm oh yeah. Man. <laughs> Batman on the hill. <laughs> Man, Generations, a lot, lot of hills. Yeah, I, I, it stuck with me. A lot of rocks. I'm sorry, Aaron. It stuck with me. Don't you fret. Why Why are you apologizing to Aaron? Because I know how upsetting it was for him when he first you know, saw that movie. Gotta say, though, uh, if we're gonna relive that moment, it was pretty funny when we watched it here in your living room. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, seeing William Shatner like, go flying the down the hill. He was, he was caught in the walkway, and he was like, oh! What a way. American hero, guys. <laughs> what a ride. What a ride. Do you think that he just went straight into the Nexus after that? Who, Shatner? No, he died. They covered him with rocks. He's dead. <laughs> well, he's always been in the Nexus. I mean, that's what happens. Speaking of generations, though, somebody, I, somebody on Facebook mentioned that it's one of their, uh, one of their Christmas movies. Mm, oh, because it's makes got sense. that one scene where yep. Picard is. Those, totally. Yep. Random British children. Like, yep. Hello, father. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was a boy in the 1820s. <laughs> it's the future 1820s. Ah, yes. Little Tiny Tim. We, we, we cured Tiny Tim's particular disease a long time ago, but I wanted it to be like the old times, so, you know, we just broke his leg. Wasn't he Ebenezer in that? Uh, yeah, confirmed. The yeah. Muppets confirmed. Christmas. Maybe we should do that for this year. Christmas is coming around. Oh, it is. Oh yeah. Anyways, I'm going to read the outro stuff. I think we're done with this thing, right? Thank you, listeners, for bearing with us on the monitors. Yeah, thanks. I think this is one you may have to experience to understand. No, that's okay. But um, yeah, <laughs> it was an adventure. There were some cool '60s cars. 
uh, um, there's a helicopter. There's a man with a mustache. Um, there's some, there's some I ladies. Can't, I can't <laughs> even remember what was exciting after the beginning parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were some ladies. There's happy, a happy birthday. There's a man. There's a man with a watermelon on his head. There you go. With a man perfect with, bowl cut in it. Yeah. Watermelon. With a fake beard. <laughs> oh, the man with the fake beard. It was so fake. They give you like a roll call in the beginning and then they show you the guy in the beard and you're like, wait a minute, isn't that the guy we just saw called something else in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, listeners, if you want to write in to uh, suggest some better movies for us around, you know, some 60s. <laughs> How about some nice 60s science fiction or fantasy movies? You can write in to please don't podcast at gmail.com. Or message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. If you got a few dollars, we'd appreciate it if you could send us our way through coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash PDSMIOS. For the mere price of $3, Aaron will draw you an emoji Oh, that looks like a goblin. Sure. Could you do that? Yeah. For $3. That's all we're asking, folks. $3, and you'll be able to pay for the webpage that we're working on. Ooh, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, for anything else that uh, we need uh, expense-wise here. You know, we, we've lost uh, Filmstruck, and that, and that you know, we watch like one movie out of that a, a month. So, but, you know, we need that money. We miss you, uh, Filmstruck. You know, we're going to have to resubscribe to Netflix Disc. Isn't that terrible? Sorry, man. No, it's all right. Anyways, uh, Coffee. That's the website. And those links are all in the show notes. If you like our podcast, and why would you, uh, check out the other podcast at eartrumpetaudio.com. That's the network we're part of. Thank you all for your listenership. And thanks for listening, and thank you, Ear Trumpet. Thank you. And thanks to um, our friends who've contributed, David DeRoy, who did our theme song. Mm-hmm. And Jed for doing the logo. Jed Dowdry who did our show logo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I didn't even mention that you guys need to think of a lesson, so you probably forgot. Uh. No, I was working on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what kind lessons. of lessons do you have on the monitors? Um, I just think that if you're having a hard time. Okay. And you're not sure what to do. That um, there's a place you can go, and they will reprogram you, <laughs> re-educate you, and send you out into the world as a well-behaved citizen again. And that uh, that's the cure-all. Thank you, monitors. <laughs> I respect them so much. <laughs> Thank you, monitors, for having your reprogramming. <laughs> yes, they're experience. looking out for us. They're cool guys. I used to play Fortnite all the time until the monitors <laughs> told me not to. <laughs> now my life's so much better. I used to speedrun Super Mario Odyssey for the internet, but now the monitors have told me that college is good. And you know what? They are correct. I enjoy college. Mom! Sorry, we were watching a Super Mario Odyssey speedrun. Oh, awesome. The guy got a phone call. He's like, I can't get the phone. Mom! Mom! <laughs> That's great. Cussing on his video. He's like, Mom. Okay. Do you have a lesson? Lessons. <sighs> I think my lesson for this movie is is that if you're a 
superior superior alien species, and you're just trying to look out for for the little guy on their their planet, making sure they don't blow themselves up. Uh, I'll, I'll save you the trouble. Just just keep going. Go find go find another planet. <laughs> yeah, just pass by Earth. Just pass by Earth. I mean, it's not gonna, you know you gotta fix it. <laughs> many nope. many a species have tried. Nope. And you go with the Vogon thing and just destroy it. Just, oh, you know, for the interstellar, for the, for the interstellar space, space bypass. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the best thing. Uh, okay, so my lesson is that the monitors are your friends. Depend on the monitors. Work for peace. Violence solves nothing. The monitors bring peace. Peace brings happiness. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing, oh, nothing is going right. The monitors. <laughs> wow. Why are you staring at me? The monitors, Sarah. They love you. <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. (laughs) 